Hey, good good morning, everybody. This is Randy Doyle, Randy Doyle Podcast. We're coming live from Mobile Tech Expo, and we're just walking through some technical issues real quick, and then we're going to get started. Matter of fact, we're not going to wait too long. Can you guys hear me okay a little bit down there? Nah, a little bit? Okay. So we're going to take and uh, we'll see if we can't get this going. One second. So for those that, uh, that couldn't make it, unfortunately, to the Mobile Tech Expo, this is probably the largest mobile tech I've ever seen. And I go back to, uh, we had a correction. Paul lied. I thought 2006 was the first year that a lot of us got together, but what it actually was, was 2004. So it's, uh, we have a long history at this show. I think it's the uh, ground zero for uh, detailing, of really changing detailing and what we are today. So, hey, Chris, we still don't have, you guys don't have any audio in your headphones? Yeah, we have no. Do you have audio in your marginal? Marginal? Yeah, we. Lots of feedback. Yeah, we're getting feedback, and then we've got. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Everybody kind of watched their phones. Silenced. We go from there. So, all right. Well, let's jump into it. So, hey, uh, again, welcome, Mobile Tech 2022. Been a bit. And I'm sitting here at the panel. They're going to introduce themselves. And uh, there's three of us that go back to the original group back into the early 2000s that really, I think it was ground zero for launching detailing on what it is today. Uh, you know, we we didn't lead the charge. We were just an example of the charge back then. So we're going to start uh, off to my right, uh, and we're going to go right down uh, Mark and have each panelist introduce themselves, and then we'll go down through. So go ahead. Mark Johnson. I own AutoWorks uh, Pro Detailing. Uh, we have locations in North Carolina and South Carolina. Uh, been in the industry for 35 years. Um, you know, I had another company, sold that, kind of reinvented, and uh, starting over with it. And so we, Mark, you're part of that original crew from 04 to 06 oh, yeah. that came through. What a difference! <laughs> It's a whole different ball game. Life's different. Yep. We're older, but uh, a lot of new faces, but pretty cool. So yep. next, Harry, you're up, buddy. Harry's Sandwich, Dirty Harry's Detailing, and Hogfather Motorcycle Detail. Uh, I've been detailing full-time for about 12 years. I'm an original member and founding member of the group. I'm retired police officer, uh, currently operating in New Jersey and Florida. Hey, Alex, you're up, buddy. Uh, Alex Dublin, Torque Performance, North Pole, Alaska. Been detailing full time since 2013. Trained with Rennie in 2014. What'd you What'd you do before uh, coming into detailing? Uh, come from the mining industry. Right so, on. Whole different world, right? Big, especially big in Alaska. <laughs> I mean, that's talking about a different world. So, next to my left, Andrew, you're up, buddy. All right, uh, Andrew Swenson. I'm from uh, Wolfboro, New Hampshire. Own Wolfbrook Car Wash and Executive Detail, and um, started in 2008 uh, with the car wash. Trained with Rennie in 2008, and uh, so I've been about 14 years now. There you go. And then uh, lastly, to my left, Jim Gogan, Jim's Auto Installations and Detailing Center at Ipswich, Mass. Been in business uh, almost 36 years now. Man, I met Rennie at uh, 2006 at, at Mobile Tech when it was a extremely small show. Uh, 
not that many detailers there. No, it was a whole different show. It wasn't anything close to this. So, hey, so, you know, going back, we've talked about this, is that, you know, 2006, we consider that kind of the launching time for our group. And uh, really, I think we attracted a lot of people in the detailing industry to this show because we were all active on mobile works with, with Dan. Remember that? Mark and and, uh, and yeah. Jim had it. And, and, I, I, and I think that we were part of the draw, but then our group went from like six of us to eight of us to 12 of us, and it just kept growing over the years. And so let's go down through, and I, I'm going to take and, and go back. So let's talk about Ground Zero, what's changed. So uh, we'll just we'll start on the opposite end with Jim now this time. So technically and entrepreneurially, what have you seen? What have been the big changes in the industry on, on the technical side? Well, I mean, back then, everything was high speed. You know, that's all we really had. We had high speed. And, um, you know, as far as a marketing end, it was just the yellow pages. That's all we, all we had. You know, we had the forum, but we were still not connecting with other detailers um, as far as that goes. But tool-wise, it was either high speed or the, the old gem polisher. Right. You know, that, that's that's what we had. And today we have so many more choices. Well, right. It, 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 and then it, it came out. Remember, the Porter Cable came out. That's right. Of course, you're part of the stick crew tying a, tying a Porter Cable <laughs> to a painting pole and trying to get the top of airplanes. Well, you know? we, we got the job done. We I, did. I, I'm not too sure that, uh, you know, we want to do it that way again. No, but, no. Uh, but, you know, we took a tool that really wasn't made for detailing but we brought it into the industry but from that all these other tools manufacturers could see the need that way and, and now we have some of the, the best tools out there absolutely and so it's uh it's been pretty cool to watch it and, and again it's it's to your points is that detailing i mean i i hate to say this but it's be it's simplified it, it really has been systematically simplified by not just the tool manufacturers and the product manufacturers, but uh, detailers. And, you know, you're a part of Ground Zero. I was actively running shops at the time. You still do. Yep. And it's just got to be, to be in a shop on a daily basis, it's got to be kind of mind-blowing to look back at history and then look at what's going on in your shop now. Well, I mean, when I started, we didn't even have clay either. That wasn't... Right. That, or microfiber towels. Right. You know, that, or, you know have access to get all this stuff now absolutely uh, now you can find everything really you know relatively easy and in more choices and so go back to a time if those listening that are in the newer you know i'd probably say you know 20 years in or less is go back to the time we didn't have microfiber towels you know we didn't have i mean we just did we we, we didn't have clay we didn't have large throw da's we didn't have forced action and just take all those things out of your detailing business now and see what you got, you know, is you're not left with a lot of options. And we didn't. So, so Andrew, you know, you're, you're new well, compared to Jim, you know, compared you're new. Jim, I'm a baby. Yeah, exactly it. <laughs> and so now, and you've got a unique perspective because where you're located, you do a lot of boats. So same question to you, you know, we've got the technical side of things and then you've got the entrepreneurial side of things. What what's what what have you seen that you know is is really changed on both those sides of the of the coin? I think uh, definitely the um, the product side has reduced um, the amount of you know steps that we have to do, the amount of work, uh, and just really amplified the the outcome of the product that we can put out um, on the marine side. Also, just the ceramic coatings. I mean, I, uh, 
it's been a massive that whole um, just the whole ceramic coatings industry has changed uh, a tremendous ton. amount. So, so back when and Mark, uh, Mark and Jim, you're you're going to be old enough to remember this. These other guys, maybe not. Remember multiple layers of Zeno Brothers? Oh yeah. I never actually used it, but I, I did research it, and you know that you're, was that was the big thing. It was the big thing. You're a colonite guy, right? Yeah. 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 You're a colonite guy. So, Mark, what what were you using back in the day? Oh, good lord. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one of the things I was thinking about. You know, Jim's right. You know, it started out in the industry. It was just a rotary, and one of the you know, great things at the time that came out was the gym polisher, gym orbital polisher. Yeah. And when you're slinging that 18 pound machine floor buffer around yeah. on cars, you were doing something. Right. You know, and uh, it, it's hard to believe that we were using that and felt like that we were leading the industry, you know, with that kind of thing. But innovation keeps going. One of the other things I thought about is. You know, as you talked about when we first started meeting up and, and getting together and kind of somewhat forming a group, a lot of people in the industry kind of, let's just say, talk bad about that. You know what I mean? That was kind of a, yeah. because it, the way the industry mindset was, it was a me, I'm the greatest kind of thing instead of a group. But look how much we have grown because of groups oh you know our group the ida and and so many other groups you know that people have put together detailers are becoming better stronger um more skilled i mean just everything in the entire industry is growing because of the groups oh it's huge so jim this isn't a slam against you or i but more testimony towards mark is I, you've probably had the greatest amount of change of, of going from a detailer to a car wash owner, you know, right? Yeah. And we've sure. watched that. We've had a frontline show to his show, you know, and, you know, one of the topics we're going to talk about later is, you know, thinking big, not small. So back when we met you, you were purely a detailer. And how did, how the hell did, one how man did, band. Yeah. How, how the hell did you, what took you in the direction of going into a, a I mean, a, not just a car wash, but a badass car wash? Well, you know, it, it was one, the passion for the industry and the type of car washes that, that I've had um, kind of aligned with the detailing mindset. It's not about the machines, that kind of thing. We're, we're hand, you know, car washes. Um, but what what has always been part of my mindset is really it's the big picture, the exit strategy, you know, and creating something that, you know, is sellable or, mm. you know, something that my last day isn't just turning off the light switch and going home. You know what I mean? And in it, there's value to it. There's value. You there's know, value there's an exit it. strategy to it. I like it. You know, Mark's one of the guys too that taught me the the term owner financing. You know, oh, you know, powerful. You, you know, it is. And and you know, we've. I remember you telling me that back in 06 and I was like, "Say what?" You know, and I've done a lot of deals since then on owner financing. You know, and real estate investments and stuff like that. Yep. So Harry, now Harry's got a, a, a different perspective too because started out came to me first and wanted to just do bikes, and I talked to you into doing cars and bikes, and then you've transitioned back into 
pretty much just doing bikes. You've been around now for over, well over a decade, and you've watched the changes happen, but also within the bike segment, it's changed a lot. You've been part of that change. So, you know, technically, and then again, entrepreneurially, what's the things that you've seen happen? Well, I've gone from uh, full details to probably steam bike washing is about 80% of my business now. It's killer. Um, I'll steam a bike. And, you know, we could do about 12 to 16 bikes an hour, two guys, and uh, at $40 a bike. Uh, it's not too bad. Unreal. Yeah. And it's a great sellable service. Yep. But I mean, if I was a little younger, uh, do a little my more. employees would be a little bit different. But, yeah, yeah. You know. that's okay. So here's here's a big difference on this is is that steamers, Diane and I picked up our, our first one back in the late 90s. Jim bought one from us. What, what did we charge you for that? $6,000? <laughs> that's kind of a sore spot, but you got to get, you know, it built a lifetime relationship. That's what, hey, you know what? It was, it was well worth it. Yeah. It was uh, <laughs> definitely on the higher end of what they are today. But the, that's why we threw in training. But, it, but it's all good, right? So, yeah. But now Harry's got, you know, you're using, you're using, I mean, steamers have gone from, you know, spitting out steam to this thing's full-fledged. I mean, it's, right. it's a beast, you know. Yeah, and, we're, we're looking for our second one now. Uh, you know, it's, they're a little expensive, more costly shipping than anything oh else. Oh, yeah, now, especially nowadays. So, so Alex, okay, so this is, this dude is, uh, again, I, I love all these guys up here. Alex is from Alaska. When you think detailing, you don't think you know, Alaska, uh, came out of a different industry, uh, built it, you know, lifestyle, you wanted lifestyle, you wanted something again, a lot of what's been said already, but here you, I mean, we talk about having, uh, weather challenges in the lower 48 and I don't care where you're at. Nothing compares to where you're at. Um, you also got a unique, uh, situation where your shop is located. And, uh, so let, let's go into all those things a little bit, uh, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, so for the first time, I've actually just this right after Christmas is the first time I've actually ever called my employees and said, don't even try and come out. Uh, we got that hammered with snow and rain. And other than that, we're usually open. Yeah, what, that was a fluke. Yeah, you guys got snow, rain, froze. And then you said that the roads were so bad that you had to lower your plow down to use it as a break. As a break. Yeah, there was a couple times I started sliding. I just dropped my plow and used it to stop me. Right. So That's it's... So it's, it's the weather challenge is pretty real. Again, Jim's going in Boston, man. I've never had to use my plow as a brake. You know, uh, uh, I wish I would have had a plow in my truck last week because I almost took it off the freaking uh, we're up wheeling and I almost put it into a, about a two hundred foot ditch. Uh, would have been a real bad day, you know, especially with a new truck, with a new truck and a new camper on it and stuff yeah. like that. But it was one of those things, you know. Watch this, Diane. Hold my beer, you know. And so, so now you, but your location. Uh, talk about your shop. Uh, my shop, I've got the worst commute ever. It's a whole 100 feet in front of my house. Right. So I don't get to call in sick. I don't get to, you know, yeah. get weathered out. And Can't I'm escape there. from your employees. Yeah. You know, you're right there. I do. I come here. And so now, yeah, exactly. And and, and Air Force One and, and every single one of these gentlemen are Air Force One team members. Pretty important members to our group. But so now also, Alex, you, you take, and, and again, technology is you do a lot more than just detailing. And so kind of describe what led you into detailing that all the add-on services that you've done is you've added a lot more uh, uh, profit points to it. So talk about that a little bit. So originally we started out, I'm 
I'm a bass head. Started out in the car audio industry, you know, big pumping systems, yep. you know, get loud. Um, started there, and ever since I was 16, I've been in the car, you know, car industry, mm -hmm. and uh, always kept my own stuff clean. So right. all my friends and family would be like, hey, wash my car, you know, detail my car, stuff like that. Right. And so I started out in, in, with the intention in 13 to just be a car audio shop. That, that's all I wanted to do, car audio and lighting. And then uh, I just kept getting more and more demand for detailing. And so I talked to Diane for like six months before I actually pulled the trigger and went to training and uh, with me and the wife. And uh, then you met me and wish you wouldn't have pulled that trigger. Uh, I should have went somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so and it's been a game changer. One of the best decisions I've ever made for my business was going through the training. And it's uh, like now, like we still offer lighting. We still do car audio. Um, we do paint protection film, just now adding window tint. Uh, but detailing's probably 75% wow. at least of our income. Well, and you're, okay, so talking about, you know, technical, all of us, we, it's rare that we've missed. We call Jim Mr. SEMA. Um, <laughs> you know, he's got more SEMA years than any of us, um, probably more SEMA years of all of us combined. Um, but likewise is that all of us, Alex, you've really, I mean, I know you've gone to different trainings and so forth. Is education such an important part of it? Yet all of us up here are, are how old are you? You're the young, youngster. 38. Are you really? You're that young? No, you look great that for is seven. Cute. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> I got boots Thanks, older Grandma. than I got. I got boots older than you. Um, you know, but here to be 38, that didn't happen for us, Jim. You know, it just no. didn't. You know, I didn't meet you till I was 40. Right. And it, it, we were both because we're the same age. And so with that being said is that my point is is that you're you know you're you're going towards 40 a hey, good job but you don't stop none of us stop learning and you can't uh i'm looking at mark down the way that's i mean I, i'm amazed at what he's done and the dude's here every year learning absolutely absolutely i mean it, it uh, i learn something all the time yeah and and the interesting thing if you get your mindset right Sometimes I learn things from people that have only been in the industry for a year or two. Oh yeah, you know, sure. yeah, absolutely. But, you know, you got to stop thinking that you're the best there is, and you can't, you don't have anything to learn. Open I'm not. I'm not the best yet, and I'm going to keep saying that all the way right. till my last breath. Right. You know, I'll take some people on. I'll take you on. You know, I'll take you on. But I mean, you got a good chance of beating me, but I got a good chance of beating you. Right. You know. Absolutely. Plus, I'll tell you what. You know what I'm good at, and everybody up here is really good at. I'll take you on bank account wise in profitability per hour. You know, you want to, you want to compete. That's what I'm, that's what I'm competitive on. Uh, you know, how shiny you can get a car. I hate to say it. That's secondary. You know, it really is. I mean, it's just, you get smarter, you know, I, I don't know if it's age or what, but you do start thinking smarter. Well, and you got a younger generation, you know, 38 years old that they're not, they're not doing stupid stuff. Like they're being a lot smarter than we were. Well, you know, you brought that up. I mean, when I met you, I mean, you were training then, but not to the level that you are now, nor were there all these other places where you can go and get training. So now, you know, detailers have that ability, whether it's a one day, a week long, uh, specialized in just, you know, window tin or PPP, you know, that type of stuff. We didn't really have, I mean, even when I met you guys, that stuff was just starting to come out. Absolutely. But, but the, 20 years prior to that that I was in business we never had any of those tools available to us whereas today you could come into the market 
think you want to get into it. You could go to, you know, two different training facilities to find out if this is right for you, but you'll have a good base that took us years to build up on our own, not even knowing if we were doing it right. We, you know, we right. have nothing to compare it to. Mm -mm. No. So next question, and we'll start in the middle this time, is, you know, profitability has changed on a lot of levels, you know, coatings, paint corrections. But there's, I think there's a lot of other factors in there for profits that a lot of people, they just, they signal in on, on coatings and the paint correction, but there's, Harry just mentioned it, the volume of bikes, you know, steamers, if, if 20 years ago, you couldn't have done that. You wouldn't, no. you would have done half that, maybe less. So let's start out with that. So where, where do you think that, that Andrew would start there and then we'll go to Alex? Profitability is not just in the high end ticket stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, I think that I know when I when I kind of first got into the industry, you know, you're, you're kind of looking around and seeing what works for other people and what what works for other people may not be, you know, my market and really kind of settling into what works for you. You know, for me, it's been, um, you know, the marine side has been a great, um, a great place for, for profit. And then, you know, all we have so many add-on services that really um, that add to that, but I think a lot of it comes down to just um, looking at your own business and, and yourself and what you're good at, and and that just develops as you know as your business grows. Absolutely. So, Alex, we go to you. Uh, so I see a lot of the guys going only want to do paint correction, ceramic coatings, you know, the big ticket items. But if you look at your numbers, you know, your P and L. Man, those little jobs all—they—they're more of my profit than the big jobs. Absolutely. You know, you get your your procedures down, the quick interior, quick wash. You knock those out quick. Your profits are better on those than some of the bigger jobs. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and why not? If if you've got a company and you're really booked out with that level of coating, you know, correction and coating, why not have an interior specialist or expressive specialist? That's handling all your other stuff. Yeah, you delegate some of that work to other people. So Harry, again, you've got a unique perspective from that. Is where are you seeing, you know, people don't really. I mean, they don't understand bikes. Bikes can make you or break you. So what what are you seeing on those profit sides on the bike side of things? Well, on an average, like I say, if we do operate with one steamer, one optimum steamer with two hoses, we average about ten minutes a bike. So we do a lot of bike events. Uh, Jay and I will operate the steamer. I'll usually have one of my workers there to, you know, just bead maker the bikes. So you're averaging, like I say, 12. You can probably, we've done 16 bikes an hour with, you know, with enough staff. Right. So, you know, you figure $40 a bike, you know, you're talking $30 profit per bike, you know, so. You, again, the. And you take and you volumize that. You bring in some help. You, you can turn some, especially at these bike events, man. They all want it done. Yeah, no, they do. We were in Sturgis. This was years ago, and one of the biggest complaints that we we saw at Sturgis was dirty bikes. They had stations set up where you could wash your bikes, but nobody wants to take the time. They're they're busy doing other things, and and the last thing you want to do. So you look at events like that. There's localized. That's a huge one, but you you bring that into a micro vision and there's there's events i don't care where you're at in the world there's bike events that you can make money at that's true and okay. so so it, it you know for a decade i'm going to skip around a little bit for the last decade 
we've seen really good times. I mean, you know, 08 hit. Really, most of us were coming out of 08 pretty strong a year or two later. You know, by 2010, we're really in growth mode again. As a matter of fact, Mark, you, I mean, you had some of your biggest growth during the, the, that, that kind of slowdown. So now what I kind of fear is that we've had, you know, over a decade of what I'd call smooth sailing in the economy. And we've got a whole generation of entrepreneurs back when we we're all, uh, exception to you because you are young, but back when we were super young, we would see hiccups about every five years. Yeah. And it hasn't happened in a while. So what, what, what do you think, um, what, what, what would your warning be? I mean, we're going to have a slowdown. It's, it's, you know, everybody's, oh, man, we're running good. It, 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 there's always a correction. You know, you come out, Andrew, you come out of the, out of the real estate industry. And so what do you guys, what's, what's kind of, what's your advice that you'd say to these young entrepreneurs on it's going to slow down? What would you tell them? So, Mark, we'll start on your end this time and work right back, back down again. Well, what I would say is, you know, when you're starting in business and you're thinking about growth and the direction of your, of your business, I think one of the things that you need to focus on is, you know, saving for those times, you know, thinking about, you know, if we get into those times and it gets slow, how are you going to maintain your overhead, your business and things like that? You need to prepare for that, you know, from a cash flow perspective. Um, look at your services and see how they'll be affected in those times. You know, when uh, I guess in 08, uh, you know, gas got to over $4 a gallon and I'm selling car wash services. Tough. You know, it, it was tough. But, but one of the things is... You know, I took that opportunity to go in and look at all my costs and all my expenses and sharpen the pencil on everything coming out of it. It made me more profitable than ever because I was lean and mean and, and just, you know, rolling with it. So profits and margins were higher than ever you know, right. from that. Absolutely. So. You know, one of the indicators that we always watch and we watched it back in 08 and, 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 and I, I ignored it was I always watch uh, domestic car sales and especially truck sales of what numbers you're putting out. Well, I just got a report while we were here that trucks, well, they can't produce trucks, you know, right now. But even with that, demand for trucks just trickled down for the first time. And to me, that's a warning sign of what's about ready to could happen. Now, is it going to be a complete collapse like 08? I certainly hope not. I don't think so. I think we've got a new economy with a, with a new drive. But it, it's definitely going to be affected. So, Harry, you know, you you came you came into the industry in the, during that slowdown, and so you know what? How how? A a lot of people, a lot of very successful people, built their businesses or grew their businesses during that slowdown. And so, slowdown's not necessarily bad. So, what's your input on that? Well, and you know, at this point, I'm always looking. So even you know, if things slow down, uh, I'm I've just moved down here to Florida. And I'm noticing even with my pavers, you know, they're starting to fade. So I'm looking around and I see these companies that come in and they steam the pavers. They have like a machine that buffs them and then they spray them with a coating. And I'm like, wow, oh, things get slow. That's another option. So I'm always looking for oh, a way I like to make that. a dollar. Yeah, you know, there you, you go. You have to keep your eyes open. You know, yeah. hard times, hard decisions. 
And it's not doom and gloom, guys. This is just a reality that we're talking about. Anybody that's listening to this, always, it's not that, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm freaked out. It's going to, no, I'm actually opposite. I'm going to look at, okay, while everybody else is getting hit hard, I'm going to grow. I'm going to capture ground, some kind of ground I'm going to capture. So, Alex, living where you do, um, you got there's a lot of, you know, the, the wet, you've survived, you survive like pretty shitty weather, great weather. I mean, for some of us, I like, I like, I like winter. But, you know, what's kind of what's your strategy? What are you seeing? You came into it also not during the best of times and you built something up. So, for us, Alaska's always usually two to four years behind like the lower 48. So, we get to see and prepare a little different. Like, we didn't feel the, the market crash with, you know, in 08 until like 2010. We didn't really see the effects too much. You know, I mean, our gas price is always high. So, right. We, we're a little different in that aspect, but for us, it's been, uh, <laughs> um, don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, you got to have other sources of income. Ooh, that is, you know, that's our thing is that's why we do multiple different things. Um, for a long time, like we got out of, we never fully got out of car audio. We've always offered a little bit of stuff here and there, but it died down these new cars, but now it's actually coming back up there where people want, you know, the subs and stuff again they want them up you yeah know? absolutely but uh, then just that's what we've always been taught is just you know don't put all your eggs in one basket have multiple sources of income well you know we've noticed that the the the, the bump crowd so to say yeah. and the audio side they've gotten older and what's happening is they've got the money again yeah. and they've got nicer vehicles and they still want that you know i, I read an article it's interesting that a lot of us our, our brains were wired for happiness between the ages of 14 and 17. Yeah. And so you've got a crowd that really like their base that's coming into really nice cars and they want that base back. Yeah. It's so much so that I just bought a new Ram and it's got a it's got a base in it. Yeah. Built, you know, it. it's got yeah. the subs. It's it's incredible. But that tells you that what when the big guys do that, so how many cars have that? Not a lot of them. Yeah. And so that's great. So Andrew, again, you've got a different perspective and because you came you you know with a real estate background, you've invested, you're like Mark. You've got you're you've got a more than just a detailing company so kind of go into your company a little deeper and then kind of looking into the crystal ball of of what you're preparing for you know should things change a little bit in the uh, economy yeah so I um, I ended up buying uh, my car wash in 2008 in a, in a pretty pretty rough time and coming out of a real estate um, being in sales and, and construction in 2007 where we just had a really I had a real bad year and I was looking for something you know a, a business that was not 100% commission um, commission based so 07 was real rough bought the car wash like Mark said the prices I remember paying uh, my fuel oil for the car wash which mind you you're heating on um, you know radiant slabs in the middle of the winter in New Hampshire so I was blowing through oil at like four bucks a gallon. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it was like the one thing I didn't know I could I could guess at what my income was going to be based on, you know, the past owner and kind of forecast. But one thing I had a lot of control over was my expenses. So you know, like Mark mentioned, too, I really I sharpened the pencil. I looked at everything that I could, um, you know, really save on. But 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 not the things that were going to keep my business you know, growing forward. You know the things that I didn't need, the things that were, you know, maybe personally would have been nice. Um, 
and just really look to keep my business healthy, looking at the, um, you know, the long-term health of the business. And, um, you know, that really allowed us to, to, to come out of, you know, that time in a really good position to, you know, be able to build a new shop and really invest more in the detail side and invest in new uh, car wash equipment. And so, yeah, now, just like you, I'm kind of looking at the economy and the, the indicators and things that are going on and just kind of not, you know, not, not freaking out, but just really trying to um, business for myself well so that I have opportunities. I mean, there's always opportunities to buy in a down market. Absolutely. You know? um, so just trying to, trying to um, get myself prepared for that. Yeah, you know, I'm not, I don't want an economy to crash. But I've also put myself in a position to where when it does happen, I don't see it. I hate that other people are going to get hurt, but it's actually going to be an opportunity to, to take and for us to capture market share and other investments. And that's how I look at it. And that's the position you want to really put yourself into. So, Jim, you've survived a lot. Like I said, it typically, let's go back into the 90s. You know, we had the, in the mid, early 90s, we had a, a housing slowdown. We get to the late 90s. Uh, it happened again in California. We had the tech bubble burst. Then we had 9-11 happen. That kind of, right. you know, remember all that I, happens. I do. And then we come out of 9-11. We come out, you know, it took us about a year to really, really, we, we, we came out strong. And then again, less than a decade later, we get hit with 08. And so it happened with a lot more frequency. But what's happened, how did you get through so many various slowdowns and stay strong? Well, a couple of things, kind of like Alex, you know, we do detailing, but we do window tint. Car audio was, you know, we actually started very similar to Alex's, a car audio shop. Mm -hmm. I picked up detailing to fill in the lulls in the car audio, and now it's, you know, flipped the other way around. Um, and car audio definitely is, you know, we do a lot of truck accessories. So we are diversified as far as that goes and be able to cross sell. But, you know, pre 9 11 and all that stuff, it was such a struggle and really the biggest struggle was i didn't understand what i was doing i didn't understand a business i didn't understand profit mm -hmm. and loss i mean if there was money in the checkbook that's what was making money right right not really understanding i mean you think back about all the years like yeah we, we killed it on that job but not realizing we only made five dollars an hour on it right or you know you add that all up so um i do remember though you know when COVID first hit, the first thing I did is I went back to those old days and I thought about, okay, what did I do marketing-wise then? What things did I do that, that helped me going? And I implemented them right away, not knowing, granted, we didn't have that much of it. No one ever knew in the beginning what that was going to do. Mm -mm. Um, but back to what you're saying, I mean, really in the beginning, I just not knowing what I didn't know, really. Right. So, uh, well, it, it, and the biggest difference, you guys, and, and we all lived through, so 08 and, 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 and COVID shut down two completely different things. First off, there's bailouts in this last one. You had PPP. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the uh, our our leasing company, our company cars through. They got a hold of us immediately and said, "Hey, we're going to stop payments on your car for three months." None of that happened in 08. That's None right. of that. Yeah. And then also 08, it was a dry, it was a dynamic slowdown for an extended period of time. We slowed it. We slowed down for a few weeks, maybe, in COVID, and then it kicked off into X high gear. It went nuts. It's still going nuts. I, I don't, still don't understand how it could be going like this. Yeah. So you, you, you guys that think, oh, I survived COVID. This no, no, you didn't. I got bad news for you. You didn't survive shit. 
that was probably a boost, if anything. Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly. scary to think about, right? It, it, it was. Now, if you, we were scared. You know, we shut down for 92 days, man. I was, you know, our training program was shut down. But we had demand instantly. We just couldn't start back up again because everything associated with us, you know, the hotels, everything else were shut down. Airline, it was, it was, it was scary to travel. I mean, there's so many things going on. But don't compare those two because they're completely different. So hey, to today, you know, we brag about the changes and, and, and what we're able to succeed at, what we're able to, to accomplish. But I, I really see a real lack of common sense in the industry. Is I think so, I see some reckless stuff going on. So we're going to take an Alex. We're going to start with you this time, uh, and then we're going to take and we'll go down that way, and then we'll finish with these two. So uh, you know, common sense. What do you what are you seeing that you when when you see you know on the different forums when you see in the industry and you just shake your head? Uh, so when I went through training, I was told to stay off the forum. So I've done a pretty good job at that, and I get yelled at about it often. Yeah, but um. The common sense thing is it's just, I don't know how people, some of these people just don't have like actual common sense. Like I, I, I don't get it. Um, some of the, some of the stuff that I see is they'll go and spend all the money that they don't have or take out big loans uh, oh, on, on a brand new business that they've, they don't know if they're going to be able to make that money back. And then they just put themselves farther in the hole, you know? And that's like detailing and the detailing industries are really you can get into it pretty cheap, you know, and just get started. And I mean, you can go to Walmart and buy everything you need, get started, do a couple cars, you know, like, like it's, Oh, absolutely. Man. You know, but some of these guys go out there and spend, you know, money they don't have. Yeah. Lots of money they don't have. And then they just, you know, that's why they don't last credit card debt. They go into debt heavily. They, 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 they get, you know, BS stuff that they don't need. Yep. Uh, they work off their ego versus logic. I mean, yeah. so many different things. Harry, you've you've watched it, and you've watched you know young and old do some some pretty stupid things. What's yeah, your input? No, that's true. I mean, I built my business. I started. It was just me, uh, working in my driveway when I retired, and I uh, found the shop, started to build it up. I mean, you know, walked into my shop. It wasn't that impressive, but it was, it was yours. Money. It was mine. That's it. You know, I've seen guys that went training after me. Uh, you know, a couple guys in Jersey went and looked at their places. I'm like, wow, you know, like, yeah, maybe I'd have this in 20, 30 years. Six months later, they're selling everything because they got they in debt. They got no, you got to have customers. You know, it's nice to have a beautiful shop, but you got to have customers to pay for that. Shop. Yeah, good point. It's, and it's a disease, right? It's amazing because I see these, these guys going in the shops. Jim will appreciate this. All of us will. And they, they walk into it. They've been into it for two or three years, and they've got a 6,000-square-foot shop. It's like, what the hell are you going to do with that, man? You know, I mean, it, I look at per-square-foot cost and how productive my shop is, and I, I'm, I, it's not – the dollar and cents aren't working out. It's just craziness. So, Mark, what's, uh, what's your logic in this? Well, you know, one of the things that kind of secretly frustrates me is – yeah, I know when, when you come into this industry, you've got to have training, you've got to understand what you're doing, and you have to know how to do it the right way. So you you learn the craft. But so many people stay focused on that. And they don't focus on learning the business and how to run a business. I kind of watch that with some of the educational things. There are some people that were posting, 
everything they did was, you know, the the technical technical. There were some pretty good educational things that were, you know, business oriented. Amen. That in my mind, I think they need to be participating in some of that while it's available, you know, and but they don't. They just focus on that technical side, and I think that creates a short-lived business, in my opinion. Yeah, so. I couldn't agree more. It's short. It, it, you're looking. You're looking at 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 uh, uh, a year or two of success, and then you're gonna you're gonna either burn out. Uh, from overworking because you're not making enough money because you don't know what the PL says and you don't know where you're making money at or from or you're just going to get devoured if somebody that's business savvy comes into your market and kicks right. your kicks your hiney yeah i mean you can only talk about so many compounds and polishes and pads and buffers and on and on and on but i think you know you need to learn business fundamentals and you know the marketing side i mean that should be the things that I think, you know, start putting your focus on. Once you have the understanding of the technical side, then start moving into those. Ab absolutely. So we'll go next. Who's, who's going to answer that one next? I'll hit it. Um, I'm kind of bummed because Mark keeps going before me. He's yeah. stealing everything I'm going to say. We'll go with you next. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, um, but I, I agree. I think it's the, you know, for me, I, 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 I love detailing. But I love the business side of it more. Um, I think that sometimes we can miss out on, you know, I see see guys that are, you know, we've all worked hard, but proud of the fact that you're working from, you know, sun up to sundown and have no time for anything else. Um, I, you know, that doesn't excite me to, there's a season for, for everything and building a business and everything, but that's not my, I think, I think sometimes we miss the vision of what you know what we want. You know, why are we doing all this? Is it you know that to, to, for the lifestyle? We talk about that a lot. I mean, I don't want to be working twenty four seven. People constantly come to my shop and they're like, "Why are you on vacation again?" And you know, so I have to tell them it's a business trip um, <laughs> with a little skiing in the Bahamas. In the Bahamas, yeah. Bahamas. yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. So, um, but Next I, mafia weekend. That's yeah, right. There you go. I like that. So I think that's. Um, Real important, like looking at, um, I talked to a lot of people and asked, you know, are you putting money away for retirement? You know, what do you, what's the end game? Like Mark talked about your exit strategy. I mean, that's huge. Just, I'm not looking at your body. Our bodies can't do that work forever. And, um, you know, just looking at the why, why we do what we do and how we're going to get out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff brought up here, but um, like Mark, you know, Mark and I, we're always at the seminars, but most of them, you know, we, it's the business stuff. And you know what? If you don't have the ability to come to a show like this, uh, you know, you go to your local college; they have night classes for business. Mm. Um, but really, you know, like we talked about, understanding your profits. I mean, it's great to have a $800 buffer, but that's not going to bring it in. I mean, you, you need to understand how to market to your customers properly build your packages up not have too many packages and keep it simple but you really need to the, that was my biggest mistake for over 20 years not understanding business yeah absolutely well you know it, it's 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 funny because you take somebody that's really good at marketing and you put them into a market where there's some successful detailers uh, perfect example of this is you look at apple versus the the the, the google phone 
or any of those guys. Uh, Apple's kicked their butt, and it, the only reason is they're a better marketing company. You know, uh, I always tell people Roop S, you know, very respected brand in the in the industry. Really, what Roop S is, they're a great marketing company. You know, they've sextified polishers and tools. Sure. They got a very operational tool, but they've also taken and done a, a fantastic job at marketing that tool. So, okay, so Andrew, now we're going to talk. Now you can steal their thunder. Yeah, you know? no, I'm not, <laughs> yeah so, so technology-wise, looking down into your crystal ball, what's going to be if you could tell people listening right now, you know, that are 30-nothing years old, uh, is that you're going to take – and what, what would you tell them that the, the, they should be doing to, to build up their business for the future? I'll answer that one. No. Oh, go ahead, Mark. <laughs> yeah, Mark shot that. Now, this one I need some time to think about. Yeah, yeah. Technology-wise, like or, doesn't matter anything. And you, when you knowing what the life you've lived in your entrepreneurial life, when you when you look at it, what would you tell anybody? Anything doesn't matter if it's technology. Doesn't no, doesn't matter. What would you tell them that you would concentrate on going? And you think is going to make the biggest difference in the future of this industry? That's why we didn't put you first. Yeah. <laughs> that's a tough one. That's it. Yeah, that's that's it is. One. It is. Um, I think um, there's there's plenty of, I don't know, I think we have to focus on our markets, focus on our own um, individual, um, our individual markets. I think that's going to be real important and staying relevant because, you know, social media, as big as, like, say, codings are now, Social social media has um, allowed the the end user um, more empowerment. You know, absolutely. So there are some things now that you know things have gotten easier to use, and we need to stay um, involved in things like this where we could be relevant in, in you know being ahead of the you know, ahead of the game. Yeah, I agree. You're 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 right. We've got YouTube certified customers now. That are maybe weekend warriors and detailing. They might even get these shows. They, you know, people are getting into SEMA. They're a very, very savvy uh, market now. It's not like in the before where it was, you know, just a buffer and some wax, although a lot of people still view it that way. Uh, so next we'll go to Alex and we'll go out to our ends from there. Uh, technology wise, I'm one of the late guys is getting in uh, the software that's out there now. Whether it's RoadFS, Eurable, uh, or any of those guys that are out there, I'm the late one. We actually just, uh, I hired someone just in October to get us going with Eurable, and it's been, it's been a game changer. Wow. You yeah. know, like that's, that's, I hired her for that is to get us set up with that and get going, and it's a game changer. It is. Well, it, it's like having a personal sit for 100 bucks a month, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's unreal. So now we'll bounce back over the other way, Jim. I mean, technology definitely, like Alex said. This, I, it, you know, I was didn't think about that, but we've been using software, and yeah, for a year, and it does does make a difference. Uh, the other thing is, I would concentrate on building a package, a, a menu that's very simple. You know, three options. Let's you know instead of having, you know. Four different exterior packages and five different, you know, all these different things. Keep it simple to start, and then as the market develops and your customer base develops, you fine tune it from there. 
And, you know, it's always nice to know what your competition's doing, but you got to figure out what you want to do, where you want it to be, and then get on that course. Absolutely. You know, we, we, we when we, by the time we uh, we all met, you know, 04, 05, 06 in that time frame, I didn't care. I, I didn't even competitive shop my customers anymore. We'd build our reputation up, and we just, we, we knew what our profits were, where it lied, where we had to be, and, and honestly, we just, we kept on kicking everybody's booty off of building up strong relationships and having a really simple menu. Those were our, and our, and our advantage was our people. It's just, we, we communicated, we're pretty good communicators, and we, 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 kept, we kept it to that level. Okay, uh, so we'll come down. Who's next over there? Some input on that. Well, I think what I would say is, you know, beyond the technical things, um, you know, and business, I really think an important thing is to participate, to become part of the industry, to help the industry grow, because the bigger the industry grows and the better it is, the more legitimate it gets, the more opportunities there are, the more you can grow in your own business, you know, and like I said, you know, um, participate in uh, industry associations like the IDA and, and those things are helping help uh, to grow the entire industry, which is better for everyone. I mean, we're stronger in numbers Absolutely. You know, instead of just single warriors running around here, we all come together and create a stronger industry. All of our opportunities are bigger. I dig. I got to agree with Jim there. Like, you got to maintain a basic package, basic package that everybody can afford, and be involved. You know, find the cause in your community, and that's what's going to bring you in customers. You know, cancer benefit, restore uh, the statue down at the park, do something that always keeps your name out there. And, and it's goodwill, man. You're just doing cool things for. You've got to build up your community. I love that you just brought that up, Harry, because that's so huge. Most people they just they just take they take take withdrawals constantly out of their community, but they don't put anything back in. It's all me, 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 and and you can't do that, you know. Um, and I think it's important. So, on you know, I think personal development's a huge one, and I think part of that is this whole culture that we've got. You know, the Americans are screwed up. You go to European countries especially, they've got a much more relaxed work schedule. And I'm not saying you don't work hard. I'm just saying you got to play hard too. And, you know, if you don't personally develop yourself and you're not happy, that's going to come out, man. You know, Jim and I have talked about this a tremendous amount. You know, all of us have got our hobbies and things we enjoy. But if you don't enjoy those enough, I can't speak for everybody, but I can. I become a little bitter. I become a little not happy and and, and and therefore I don't think I'm attracting the right customers I'm not selling the jobs as rapidly I think that when you're you know the five two concept is five days of building a, an empire and two days a week of building up your life and being happy man I, I never regret Fridays you know I'm not like uh, hey man oh my god I never regret Mondays I, I enjoy all five days of my work week because most weeks now and, and it was for the majority of my my career is that my team, I allowed them time off to go enjoy the life. They worked so hard. We paid them. We, pay, we paid them good enough to where they could go build a life and go in, enjoy the life and do fun things and explore. And they came back energized after that. Does that make sense? Yep. 
So any other input, fellas, before we take off? Anybody want to add a little something that you're feeling in your gut? Because I love those gut reactions. Sometimes it's the, it's the best exit out of here is just kind of sharing some stuff you've got. Knowledge is power. The more training you can do, the better off you are. So that's that's my big thing is just knowledge is power. Yeah, I talked to you just a you know a few months ago. You're down getting your you know window tinting and you know looking at different things. I mean that never ends for you. You know never will. You're the type of guy. You're not gonna you're not gonna sit back and and know it all. You know. So great input. Anybody else, guys? I would say uh, honestly, the biggest thing is just reach out to other detailers and and ask questions. Uh, guys are always willing to help and. You'd be surprised what you can learn from them also. I, I really find that, you know, that's been a great tool for me. Oh, we, we couldn't, we would, none of us would be here if we didn't talk. That's the true statement. I mean, Mark and I, we had the commonality of airplanes back in the day. You did a lot of airplanes. I did a lot of airplanes and we were bouncing stuff off the old forums. It was basically like having, um, Morse code, yeah. you know, back in the day, man, to post on some of those forums where Alex is going, what's a forum? Oh, my God. You know? Yeah, but we brought him on one project and he won't come back. No. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm smarter than that, man. I'm smarter than that. All right. Well, hey, fellas, I want to thank you guys all. You guys are true friends, and I'm glad you guys could get up here. A lot of knowledge base for those uh, listening. So you guys go down the line. We'll start a gym and just tell your company name how to reach out to you. Uh, where they can find you to check you out. It's uh, Jim Gogan, Jim's Auto Installations and Detailing Center in Ipswich, Mass. Okay, on Instagram and uh, Facebook, what's your... Uh, Facebook, it's uh, Jim's Auto. Cool, right on. Andrew Swenson, uh, Wolfboro Car Wash and Executive Detail, Wolfboro, New Hampshire. Uh, Facebook, I think it's Wolfboro Car Wash. Instagram is Executive Detail and H. There you go. Alex Dublin, North Pole, Alaska, Torque Performance, Motorsports, uh Facebook and Instagram, both uh, TPM Alaska. Terry? Dirty Harry's Detailing or Hogfather Motorcycle Detailing. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, it's all the same. Google, you'll find me. There you go. Mark? So Mark Johnson, uh, AutoWorks Pro Detailing, uh, AutoWorksProDetailing.com, and also AutoWorks Hand Car Wash and Detail Center, AutoWorksCarWashAndDetailCenter.com. There you go. Well, Jets, hey, thanks a lot for coming in, man. I really appreciate this. Let's go enjoy. And anybody, if you're listening to this live, we're going to be on the patio at the hotel tonight. And I'll tell you, that's where businesses, uh, relationships, friendships, lifelong, is that I, I often think of, you know, us uh, all being together. And, you know, I, I would have never guessed it'd be this long. Uh, and here's the deal. For Alex, you don't understand this. You know, we're, we're only halfway through it. You know, you're going to have to bury us. You know, you're going to have to deal with saying, man, I remember I remember this event with these old geezers, you know, back in the day. But I'm telling you, these gents that are up here right now, they are the industry. They'll help you out anyway. They're good men, not just great entrepreneurs, not just great detailers. They're solid men. And if you want a true opinion, if you're successful or not, uh, go to Harry because he's going to be prepared because he's going to tell you if you got your shit together or how bad you suck. So just, just, just be prepared. If you've got a cute girlfriend, that gets a better review. Yep. Right, Harry? You're right. There you, there you like go. you say, you got to stay community. I do a lot for the single working moms out there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Hey, man, happy detailing all. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. See you later.